grace and mercy and peace belong to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You own a restaurant. You own a brand new restaurant. And it is opening night. You have publicized, you have put out the word, and you know for a fact that that local neighborhood dignitaries are going to be there. There's even rumor that a, that a prominent food critic is going to show up. And you're all set. Six hours before the door opens, your main stove, the heart of your kitchen, starts going sketchy, working unevenly, unevenly working partially. This is not, this is not going to <laughs> help at all. In fact, if it does not improve, it's curtains for your opening night. And so you call in a crew right away. The crew assures you this will be an easy fix. We can take care of this. No worries. But there's complications. And so the clock keeps ticking. Five hours, four and a half, four, three and a half, three, two and a half, two hours before opening. Finally, with 90 minutes, an hour and a half before the doors open, the repair crew comes and says, we figured it out, we've got it. You're set. So the doors open on time. People are pouring in. The well-trained service start taking orders. You are working around in the room, shaking hands, making sure everybody's welcome. Somebody comes from the kitchen. Would you come here for a moment? And you step inside the stove. Now the stove is not working at all. And you stand in the doorway between the kitchen and the main dining area. And you know that all these people who are just smiling and chatting and waiting in anticipation, that in just a few short minutes, all those smiles are going to fade and all those eyes are going to look at you. Take that uncomfortable feeling and tuck it away for the next few moments. As you and I put ourselves in the place of Jesus' disciples, in the word of God before us. The disciples are about to learn something about their master, and you and I will too. Here's the setting. Jesus is about two full years now into his three-year ministry. In terms of raw popularity amongst the people, 
Jesus' ministry is probably at its height right now. In addition, the disciples have just gotten back from an amazing mission trip. The Lord had sent them out by twos all across the region to towns and, and villages. And Jesus had empowered them, besides preaching and teaching, to perform miracles. And they came back and they were just floating. They were so thrilled. But as that was happening, they all received, Jesus and the disciples received some sobering news. King Herod, the slayer of John the Baptist. Well, it appears that King Herod might now possibly want to target Jesus. Now, of course, Jesus is not afraid of King Herod. He's the Son of God. However, because this is not, Jesus' time has not yet come, and because he does wish to give himself and his disciples a quiet rest from all of their recent activity, he and his disciples, they, they climb into a boat and, and they cross the, the, the lake, they cross the Sea of Galilee, and they arrive on the other side at a very quiet desolate, non-populated area. As they arrive, however, a crowd is forming. Evidently, word has gotten out as to where Jesus is going, and so the people pour out of the towns and villages, and they follow him on foot. To get there, some of them actually get there before he arrives. And then after several hours, a crowd of thousands is waiting for him. Many having brought their loved ones who are very sick. Jesus' reaction in, in the original New Testament Greek, it is very strong as far as his reaction. He, he, he has compassion for them. He has this, this throb of, of emotion, of, of caring for them that starts here and then just pours out. And so he goes to them and he feeds their souls. He preaches and teaches to them and he heals their sick one by one. Meanwhile, however, meanwhile, the disciples, disciples are getting uneasy. You see, in their hurry, these people did not prepare for any kind of journey. They had little food. In addition, this is a desolate place. There are no shops nearby for, for buying provisions. And so the growing nervousness among the, the disciples is this, that, that soon, if, if this does not change, that it's going to get later on in the day, and this massive crowd of thousands of people, suddenly their problem is going to become their problem, the disciples' problem, because all those thousands and thousands of eyes are going to be looking to them. The disciples' solution? Well, 
Their solution was make the crowds go away. Just dismiss them. Say you're, you're done. So that at least they can make a journey to some of the nearest villages and get themselves some food. Jesus reply. They do not need to go away. And then he emphasizes this. He maybe even pointed his finger at the disciples. He says, you give them something to eat. What's Jesus up to? Well, as Jesus often does, Jesus is working to establish a moment. He's establishing a moment, uncomfortable though it is for the disciples, that the disciples need to look to him in faith. That's something that the Lord Jesus does again and again. He sets up situations where he wants people to look to him. But they are blowing it, the disciples. They are not looking to him at all. Instead, they give this meager solution. Well, we have here five loaves of bread. Hawthorne hold up, held up how big that is. Five loaves of bread and two fish. In one of the other gospel accounts that records this same event, there was also another remark made by one of the disciples. Yeah, we have five loaves and, and two little fish. But, but what is that? What is that among so many? But now Jesus seizes the moment, this teaching moment, and this moment of compassion. That food, bring that here to me. And then Jesus directs the people to sit down in, in groups, in orderly groups. He gives thanks to his heavenly Father for the bread. He begins to break those little loaves apart. He gives them to the disciples. And then the disciples proceed to take them out to all these groups. And on it goes. On it goes. And on it goes. And Matthew says that everyone eats until they are fully satisfied. It was none of... Uh, what your mom might do if, if, if there's not enough left to eat and she'll eat just a bite and say, oh, I, I couldn't eat another bite. No, everybody ate and they were filled. And the leftovers, 12 basketfuls of leftovers, far more than what they had started with. And so in this quiet, quiet way, Jesus had performed a miracle, taking something so small and so humble, and with his almighty, gracious power, he used it to touch the lives of thousands. The lesson Jesus wants his disciples to learn yet again is simply this, in time of need, look to Jesus. In time of need, look to Jesus. 
in time of need, look to Jesus. These past several weeks, we as a, as a congregational family have been walking through portions of the Bible, and we've just have been wrapping up reading through the Old Testament book of Job. Extraordinary, profound book. Job, whose name is synonymous with, with suffering. It, it's a, a gripping tale of how the Lord allowed this believer, Job, to lose virtually everything in his life. He lost almost all of his family. He lost all of his worldly goods. He, he lost his health. He, the, 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 the relationships that he had with his close friends even went sour. In the end, all that filled Job's field of vision was the one he would never lose. All that filled Job's field of vision was his Savior God. How about you? On this Sunday morning of August, how about you, all of you who are at home on live stream? Do you sometime, are you in a moment where you perhaps you are like the disciples? That you see no solution to a particular problem that's in your life. Or perhaps this is a moment when it's a lot like Job. Perhaps you are in one of those moments in life where all you feel and all you see are heartbreaking loss and suffering and grief. And your sinful tendency and mine in our old sinful natures, our tendency is to curl up within ourselves and despair, which is understandable because whenever you and I curl up and look within ourselves, all we are going to find there is despair because there is no answer here. But when it seems that nothing is left. What remains is the one who will never go away. Jesus is the bread of life. He went to great trouble to become our bread of life. God the Son became one of us and walked among us in this broken, toxic world. And in our place, he lived the life we have failed to live. He lived a life of perfect faithfulness to his Heavenly Father, perfect trust in his Heavenly Father's will for his life, perfect trust in his Heavenly Father's promises. And then he took all of the ways in which you and I have let God down. All of the ways in which you and I have not trusted. All of the moments when we have curled in within ourselves and looked to ourselves or to others instead of looking to him. All of those sinful failures he carried to Calvary's cross. 
and through indescribable suffering he paid for them in full and washed them all away in his blood. And now through faith in him, you and I, fully forgiven. You and I, fully blanketed in his holiness. You and I, we are his. And because he has done that, he will also carry you through this life, giving you what you need when you need it. For everything else in this life may fade. Everything else. But Jesus will never go away. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Jesus. Amen.